taken in some sort of um, rhythm or routine in the studies as we go through the the Bible in one year, the Bible from 30,000 feet, and uh, it does present some challenges in in the reading, but uh, I know that any effort and changes that we make to help us um, keep up to date on this is a blessing and a help and encouragement that the Lord will reward. When you think of the book of Exodus, um, there are many accounts that we've heard from children growing up. If you grew up in Sunday school, you heard about Moses and, and about his life and all the events that surround it. You heard about the Ten Commandments and, and various aspects that come from the book of Exodus. Genesis, as we've already seen, tells humanity's failure. Every test that God gave, um, the consequences of man's fall into sin. Exodus, on the other hand, is the thrilling account of God hastening to rescue. It tells of the redeeming work of the sovereign God. And as we've already mentioned, it is preeminently the book of redemption in the Old Testament. It begins with darkness and gloom, yet it ends in glory. In the, the 40 brief chapters, what, a, what an amazing account of not just history, but of the working of God. The brief outline that is given in the books that you have, that we want to just remind you of, is one of domination. For 350 years, the children of Israel had been in Egypt. Through that time, they vastly increased in population, and they vastly increased in popularity in Egypt, which um, really presented a problem in Egypt. The Egyptian rulers did not like it that this group of people was becoming so large, they felt you know, if, if they rose up and joined with our enemies, they're right here with us. And so they brought them into bondage. As you've already read, if you're going through the book of Exodus, the bondage, they were slaves to the making of brick and, and because of God's blessing them, they were brought into even more severe bondage and, and were asked to make brick without the necessary supplies provided for them. And there they were, God's chosen people, in a faraway land from where he promised them land, 
in slavery, bondage, no helper hope, dominated by the Egyptians. And so Exodus 1 through 12 deals with that and gives the details. Exodus 13 through 18 gives the details of the liberation, how God set them free from the bondage, miraculously uh, raised up a leader, miraculously um, through a series of events and plagues, um, then brought it to the point where the Egyptians said, just get, get out of here. And they were liberated. The, the picture of the liberation of God and, and the picture in this liberation that specifically uh, pointed to Jesus Christ, the Passover lamb. You've probably read already about the anointing the, the doors with the blood of a lamb and uh, how personal that was. And those that were in that home were protected and then liberated from their bondage. And then in chapters 19 through 31 is the revelation of God. God reveals the law to mankind. And um, Moses receives the Ten Commandments. And you read about what went into that and how Israel even went astray while waiting for Moses to come down. And then... The book of Exodus ends with specific instruction about the tabernacle, which which was identification, God identifying himself with the children of Israel. The parallels between what God did in the children of Israel from the, the domination of sin in our own lives, and the liberation that only comes through the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, and God's revelation to us, His Word to us, the law, and and we'll touch on that in a little bit, and then His identification with them, that He would be among them and... He would lead them and protect them. But in Exodus chapter 5, if you'd turn there if you would, notice verse 1 as I begin reading. This is still in the period of domination. This is when they're in bondage. This is when they're slaves. And God had come to Moses and told him what he was going to do. And verse 1, Afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, 
Let my people go, that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, nor will I let Israel go. The grand question of the book of Exodus is, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice? And do you understand today, people still ask the same question. Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice? And God began a series of events to show who he was. And through it, he revealed a number of things in the book of Exodus. And much of it in response to that question, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice? You know, you and I have come to the point in our life, and we come to it often, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice? But your point of of decision to submit to God was a question, who is the Lord? What right does he have to control my life? And your decision to submit to him means that you recognized who he was enough to realize he is God and I am not. He sets the laws. I do not. And I need to submit to him. But that's the question that mankind yet today faces. Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice? And really throughout the book of Exodus... God reveals many things. Number one, he reveals the falsehood of idolatry. The Egyptian people were very idolatrous. We're not going to go into it this morning, but as you do your studies, um, you read in, in the studies that Many believe that every one of the plagues that came upon them was to deal with specific gods that they had. It wasn't just God, ah, let's see, what can we do? Let's send frogs on them today. That God was showing them his power, that he was the creator overall. And he was showing them the folly of idolatry. And he showed to them that his representatives had power over everything. And so over and over again, be it the locust or the frogs or the water or whatever it was, We as mankind are prone to worship the creation more than the creator. And God was showing them through a series of events that he is the creator. And he was showing them, secondly, 
the folly of resisting God. Pharaoh said, who is God that I should obey him? And five times Pharaoh hardened his heart. And then five times God hardened his heart. Very similar to God gave them over to a reprobate mind. But God showed Pharaoh, he showed the Egyptians that he is the one and only God and to resist God is the epitome of folly. I mean, I can't wait to see some of the real life images of some of the things that took place in the book of Exodus, and one of them, to me, will be the Red Sea, the whole deal with the Red Sea. Number one, um, the children of Israel crossing the Red Sea on dry ground. I mean, that's a miracle of itself. And some say, um, well, that wasn't that great a miracle uh, agnostics will say, we've studied it, and probably during that time of the year, the water was only six inches to maybe a foot deep. That makes it even greater miracle that all the armies of the Egyptians could drown in that much water. It was a miracle of God, what God did, and he completely showed that it is foolishness to try to resist God. It wasn't the wisdom of the Israeli forces. It was the intervention of God. And as you read through this, God showing them that their idolatry is false, showing them that it is complete folly to resist God. So keep in mind, who is God? Who is the Lord that I should obey him? And he shows everything else, the gods that they were trusting and how false they were and futile they were. And then he shows that it is folly to resist God. And then God comes along and he reveals the nature of himself in giving the Ten Commandments. We've never before been able to kind of get a window into the the nature of God. We've preached months-long series on the Ten Commandments, and today we're just going to mention it briefly, but the law shows us The standard and holiness of God. He he comes and he reveals to Moses in the miraculous. Again, that's another video that I'm going to be anxious to see. Moses and and the burning bush and, and all of that. And when Moses came down, his face shone. The glory of God, can you imagine? But in so doing, God's revealing His very nature and He's he's showing us who He is. 
And he's establishing the standard and showing us it is something we cannot attain. That it is impossible for us. And that is the purpose of the law, to show us it is impossible. Galatians 3.24 says, The law is our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. The law says you shall have no other gods before you. Why is it that you love this more than you love God? Why is it you love yourself more than you love God? The law says we are to not take, not make any graven image. And we often in our own lives create a God after our own choosing. Well, I believe God would be okay with this, and I don't think God meant that, and we're creating our own God. He says we're not to take his name in vain. He says we're to set aside one day in seven to to refresh us physically and spiritually, to be set aside for God. He goes on and says that we are to honor our father and mother, and you know the Ten Commandments. I trust that you know them. But all of these, and then Jesus comes along and says, I don't say to you, don't commit adultery. I say to you, he that looks on a woman to lust after her has committed adultery. I don't say to you, not murder. I say to you, he that is angry with his brother without cause commits murder because his heart condition is the exact same. And he's giving us this law and every point of them we come up short, guilty, guilty, guilty. And it's like I am the one in bondage. There is no help for me. There is no deliverer. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The law is our schoolmaster to teach us we cannot meet God's standard and to bring us to Christ and say, but in Christ you are justified. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. That is our our only hope and the law shows us the nature of God and it's given to show us our desperate need of Jesus Christ. I cannot keep that law. I cannot even come close to keeping it. I need forgiveness and I apply the blood to the doorposts of my heart the blood of Jesus Christ, and he will pass over. The death angel will pass over when the blood is applied. So, in the book of Exodus, he reveals, who is the Lord that I should obey him? And he reveals his nature, his standard through the law.
But also we find in the book of Exodus, he reveals the provision of God. God provided a leader. A miraculous, miraculous story in the life of Moses. How God specifically hand-designed in, in all of the details from his birth to his nursing to his upbringing, the greatest education that he could possibly get at that time, to his taking matters into his own hand and, and killing an Egyptian that was messing with an Israeli, to choosing to follow God and not be called and not be the next in line for the kingdom, to fleeing to the desert for 40 years, to them being raised up of God to come back. God provided Israel in the midst of their bondage, in the midst of no hope and darkness, God raised up a leader. And then, as we've already mentioned, God provided deliverance, the Passover lamb. How are we ever going to get out of here? And the death angel came, and on every home that did not have the blood applied, the death of the firstborn. Whether it was Egyptian or Jewish home, it didn't matter. Whatever home did not apply the blood of Jesus, the blood of the lamb, the Passover lamb, They were not delivered, but those that had the Lamb's blood were delivered. So John the Baptist then, when he saw Jesus, he said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. It was a a type, it was a, a sign of the coming Lamb in the blood of Jesus Christ. And God provided deliverance. God provided revelation through the law in the book of Exodus. In our life, God has gone beyond the law and provided the revelation of his word. So we know much more the heart of God now. We can know much more the heart of God because of the word of God. He's given the revelation. God provided protection. We've already alluded to the account of the Red Sea, but can you imagine, put yourself in this, the children of Israel were up against the Red Sea, which they could not cross, and there was no escaping coming behind them, perhaps even seeing the billows of dust clouds as they're coming the Egyptian army, and here the children of Israel are defenseless. They had no army to protect them. They were completely defenseless and and hopeless. But God. And God intervened to protect them. They're out in the midst of a desert. 
I don't know if you've been around deserts much at all, but they're a, it's like it's forsaken by God himself. I mean, what are you going to do? You can't grow anything there. But God provided sustenance for them. That they were able, as they wandered in the wilderness these many years, God was able to provide for them, and He sustained them. And God provided direction for them. A pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And when the pillar of cloud or pillar of fire moved, then they were to move. In essence, God provided all for his people. And one last thing God wanted to remind them and reveal who is the Lord that I should obey him. God established the tabernacle that was a constant reminder to them of the presence of God in their life. A constant reminder as they would see the tabernacle of the presence of God. Do you understand? God is doing the same work in our lives. He steps into our lives and the things we love most. He seeks to, to destroy the idolatry and to show us it's foolish to love and serve anything besides God. He shows us it's folly to resist God. He shows us the very nature of God. And then we see the provision of God, the deliverance of God. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of sin? And then as a ray of laser light, thanks be to God for the unspeakable gift of Jesus Christ. Do you understand? O oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me? Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. There is a Redeemer, Jesus Christ the righteous. In the, in the same manner God is working in our lives today, the, the protection that He provides Spiritually, let alone physically, the sustenance that he gives to us, the direction that he gives, it's not a pillar of cloud, it's not a pillar of fire. And you may have been tempted to say, I wish God would show up in a pillar of fire and show me what, where I need to go. He's given you something even greater. He's given you his spirit to dwell within you. Every believer here today has the Spirit of God dwelling within, and He is directing not just when we should move in the wilderness. He is directing every thought, every word, every attitude, every action. He dwells within us to give us direction, and we have the presence of God. We 
Our body, because the Spirit of God dwells within us, our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He is our friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And his presence is with us continually. And so as the Israelis, the Jews, were, were delivered from the bondage that there was no deliverance, even possibly in sight, our only deliverance is the Lamb of God. And our hearts should echo even as we read of Moses in a song of, of praise and thanksgiving to God for his deliverance. Our hearts should continually be saying, God, thank you that you have rescued me from the domination and the bondage and the condemnation of sin. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Not because of anything we've done, because we were guilty of all of the law, guilty, condemned, the wrath of God already abode on us. But God in His mercy sent His Son, and through the ministry of His Spirit brought light to this dark heart, so that we could be adopted into His family Never to be separated from him. What can separate us from the love of God? Death, life, persecution, destruction, famine, nakedness. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors. Because nothing, Romans 8 says, can separate us from the love of God. The book of Exodus is a... Is, is a picture to us of, of the love of God, the deliverance of God, the nature of God, and that our identification comes from Jesus Christ. Not from what we know, not from what we've done, not from who we are. Our identification comes alone from the Redeemer, Jesus Christ the Righteous. And we must be very, very careful that we don't fall into the same air of Israel. Of longing for the leeks and the garlic and the pleasures of the world. And forget the treasures that God has given. We must continually guard that we don't fall into the same air of of the Egypt, of the Israelis, the Jewish people, of complaining for the ways that God has provided for us. God, why'd you bring this into my life? And why are you doing this? And what, what are we going to drink? Where are we going to get food? It's easy for us to complain and to forget, wait a minute, I could be back in the bondage, condemned eternally, separated from God. But I am free from sin because of my Redeemer. Heavenly Father, 
I pray that we would come to see you and the redemption that you provide in a renewed light and that our appreciation and love for your deliverance would never wane, but that it would grow every day and be manifested in our lives, in our actions, and in our words. Lord, I pray if there is one here today that has never personally come to realize, I cannot keep the law, I need forgiveness, and they've never called upon you for the forgiveness of sin, Lord, I pray today would be that day. And then, Lord, I pray for every believer here, I pray that we would not go back and love other things more than we love you. I pray that we would not be guilty of complaining about your provisions for us. But Lord, that we would be filled with adoration, thanksgiving, and praise that there is a Redeemer, Jesus Christ. And Lord, as we read your accounts in Exodus, may our hearts be filled afresh and anew with the faithfulness of your love. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together.